As the Clone War scorches its destructive path across the galaxy, it is the Jedi who bring order to the chaos. Though as the war progresses, the number of Jedi have declined, and new younglings are harder to find. When a youngling is located, they are brought to the Jedi Temple and learn quickly that their true family is now the Jedi Order. The trials are hard, tests must be passed, but none is as important as the gathering. It is then that a Jedi's path will truly begin. of this fully armed and operational podcast. All right, never mind. Greetings, Bucketheads, Mayvar Tigar. Welcome to the 166 Kyber crystal-catching episode of Mandavision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Welcome back. To me, it feels like it's been a hot minute, because uh, since Kenobi wrapped, gosh, I guess it's been about two weeks now, probably a little over two weeks at this point, uh, I, I have not been able to record a podcast. Luckily, I got a, a, a nice chunk of episodes banked, uh, so the, so there's not going to be a delay. You're not going to notice a delay in, in releasing episodes, at least one a week. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a hot minute since I've been behind the microphone, so uh, any rust you may detect, we can we can blame on that. And I apologize in advance for any any of that that rustiness if it may come through the microphones into your into your earbuds your AirPods, your head, your cans, whatever you got on your on your ears, whatever you're listening to this on, your speakers overhead, I don't know, whatever, I apologize. <laughs> but welcome to the show, I'm so glad you're here. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. If you're an old listener, welcome back, missed you, glad you're here. Remember, the best way to find us is, of course, on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Mando underscore Vision. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show. With all the Mandalorians in your covert. All right, let's we're we're back into it. Um, as I said, you know, there's there's a, a bank of episodes that we're still working through as I record this. So by the time you hear this, there will be a, another sort of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi follow up show out. But as as I record this, I'm preparing for that because there's there's a couple conversations I want to have with some friends uh, to to sort of. Bring some more closure to that series as as we kind of put a bow on the Obi Wan Kenobi show. It's, it's nice to have a little bit of distance from when that last episode aired, so we can kind of look back at it with maybe you know slightly fresher eyes, or our, our emotions are a bit more tampered down, uh, and and we can we can be critical yet caring 
or in 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 my case, I I have I have uh, I think I have put together a, a rock solid uh, defense of of one particular aspect of the Kenobi show that people seem to like be focusing on. And like I said, by the time you hear this, you probably will have heard that episode. <laughs> so I don't even know what I'm talking about. This is this is why this is a professional Star Wars podcast. But I'm just being I'm trying to be transparent as much as I can for a show that has five or six episodes already. Uh, recorded and ready to go before this one even got off the ground anyways <laughs> we're here it's time we're doing we're back in the star wars the clone wars we're, we're we're fully ensconced in season five of the show uh and if, if your recollections of season five may be a little a little fuzzy you know obviously the the, the the big stuff the big memories that people have for season five is uh this is like the big mall season this is the big mandalore season uh and 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 the the escalation of the clone wars and and Everything that goes along with it, right? This is this is really the season that that really amplifies some of the more well known, more beloved storylines of, of the Clone Wars. Uh, but but what we also need to remember with this with this season is uh, it's also kind of going back to one of the things they did a lot in season one of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, where it's big arcs. Like we're t- we're talking like you know four, three to four episodes arcs of of, of things going on. You know, we just wrapped up the big. Four-part Onderon, you know, episodes. Now we're into, into a four-part Youngling story, uh, and then it's like think of it's at least three parts. So it's possibly a four-point, four-point, uh, four-part droid-centric story with R two and three PO that uh, many people don't like at all. But as as a pro droid podcast, uh, we we're gonna we're gonna shed some new light on why you should probably like those shows a little bit more than maybe you do. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, that that's something that you really need to note with this season because, you know, this episode that we're about to do today uh, could very easily be, you know, a one-off episode. It could be a bottle episode and then we go into an- another thing. But no, 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 this is just like an introduction to these junglings that we're, that we're going to spend some time with for the next couple of episodes. Um, and and it's, it's really nice, uh, particularly in light that now... Uh, in a post Star Wars celebration this summer, we we have now seen the trailer for the Bad Batch season two, and we know that that Gunji will be making an appearance in season two of the Bad Batch, and Gunji is a character that we meet in this episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars for the first time, and we're gonna get to spend some time with him. You know, he's the Wookiee Jedi Knight from the trailer for Bad Batch season two, and this is the episode where he's introduced. So uh, it's very serendipitous that that the time the timing on things is just impeccable sometimes and uh yeah let's you know hey i'm i seem to be the beneficiary of some good timing with some of these things so that that works really really nicely in in my case so let's go ahead and get into the particulars for the episode this is season five episode six the gathering november 3rd 2012 is the original air date for this episode and i was trying to think back to what the heck i was doing in 2012 and i have no good answers for you I really, really don't. I, I don't even know what I did yesterday. <laughs> Anyways, the plot for this week. Ahsoka escorts a group of younglings to Ilum, where they meet with Yoda and seek out the kyber crystals needed to build their own lightsabers. Uh, the director for this week is Kyle Dunleavy, written by Christian Taylor once again. And our cast for this week... You know, old and new alike. Olivia Hack is Katuni. Jeffrey Todd Fisher is Petro. Tom Kane is Yoda and the narrator. Greg Sipes is Zat. Georgie Kidder is Ganodi. T- D. Bradley Baker is Biff. Ashley Eckstein is Ahsoka Tano. And uh, it, <laughs> it's so funny. D. Bradley Baker gets all these parts as like um, uh, aliens with very unique speech patterns, you know, and, and uh, 
<laughs> that just that just cracks me up. Uh, our Jedi fortune cookie this week: He who faces himself finds himself. And obviously, this is 2012. Star Wars not real big in the pronoun game back then, but that's okay. We know what they we know what they'd say now. We know what it would be now if they wrote it now. It'd be they who face themselves find themselves. And uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, and and it, it's pretty much on Front Street. You know, especially when you when you watch this episode, you know exactly what they mean. And it's it's these these younglings in the in the crystal caves on on Ilum and or Ilum, depending on how you want to pronounce it. And they have to sort of face a test. They have to examine. Uh, it's a sort of weak spot for themselves, and they have to be able to overcome that weak spot to earn and attain the kyber crystal needed for them to forge their lightsabers uh, to take the next step in their journey to becoming a Jedi Knight. Uh, and 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 it's a really it's it's a really good episode. It's it's simple in its premise. You know, this group of younglings that have to confront and overcome uh, an emotional obstacle that they've put in front of themselves. By by and large, it's simple. It's basic stuff but it's really well done i think it's it's a really wonderful example of you know jedi aren't born they're they're sort of forged and they have their own obstacles they have to overcome you know the idea of the perfect jedi is sort of nonsensical you know they're all beings with emotional issues and 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 fears and and lack of and, and doubts that that must be overcome to become Jedi Knights. And this is a wonderful episode that sort of encapsulates a lot of those things. And as we know from Ahsoka and Anakin's journeys in particular, uh, you know, there's there's always going to be those emotional obstacles and, and uh, things to overcome. But you have to start early. You have to start getting a head start on how to uh, confront these things now so that you can do this. And again, this kind of goes back to and to the idea that Anakin Skywalker was too old to begin the training, uh, because he was already so set in his ways emotionally and in many many things, and you know, fear and darkness were kind of a part of Anakin. And again, you'd like to think the Jedi could do better at helping him overcome these things, but that's you know, again, the the dogmatic practices of the Jedi are something that we will take shots at periodically here on the podcast. Uh, and this will not be one of those episodes, though. This is again, this is sort of a, a nice welcoming warming episode uh you know yoda and, and ahsoka with these younglings uh, during the opening um narration there you get a little flashback to a very young ahsoka meeting plo Koon for the first time a, a jedi master that she has, has a very strong relationship with uh, and then sort of like their first meeting with, with her as a young very young child you know just before, as she's going to become a youngling of just becoming a, a padawan and and uh no not even a padawan just a youngling at that point you know our introduction to the order, and and uh, I don't know. Let's just let's just get into the episode. Let's let, let's stop me talking. I do this where I talk far too long in the beginning of the show. Let's just get into it. But I, uh, before we do, I should let's go ahead and, and take care of getting to know uh, our younglings in this episode because I, I think that's important to, to make sure that we know who we are talking about. All right. So we have Katuni, who is the Thalothian. Uh, her big issue, sort of like a lack of self confidence. We have Petro, the the human Corellian, who is is overconfident, competitive, and 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 rather self selfish. Zat is the Nautilin. Uh, he seems to trust technology over his instincts. Ganodi is the Rodian, and and she seems to suffer from uh, dis- a bit of despair and indecision uh, in in the face of of, of you know hopeless choices. Uh, we have Biff, the Ithorian, who is fearful, and Gunji, the Wookiee, who is impatient. Uh, the other thing we should talk about, and I already, I already know, I, I, I was talking about rambling on before we even get into the podcast, but we do need to talk about our location this week. This, this is 
uh, I believe this is Star Wars: The Clone Wars' first visit to Ilum, Ilum, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, but this this uh, this planet was originally depicted uh, back at back in in, in Gendi Tartakovsky's Clone Wars series, uh, back in Chapter 14 of that in the in the Volume One. Uh, that was the first time we saw Ilum, and and, and by and large. Uh, he built. He set the look for the place. He set a lot of um, the ideas for what Adam would be. Uh, then it showed up in Star Wars: The Old Republic, and then this episode happens. And I think more recently, a lot of us know Adam from being in the Fallen Order video game on PlayStation and Xbox, and we got to spend a lot of time there. And what was really neat about that bringing Adam into, into the video game in that fashion is we're seeing Adam during during the time of the empire where they're strip mining Ilum for for all the kyber that it's worth to fuel the death star and and you know the the, the ravages of the planet us having a connection to it from the clone wars knowing that it was this bright hopeful place for for younglings to go to to continue their journey and to see the way that the empire strip mines it uh is is devastating just uh, really really devastating the real bummer about Ilum's ultimate fate is is what was revealed uh, in 2019, in in a, um, I, I believe it was back in the in the Rise of Skywalker source book, where where Pablo Hidalgo uh, confirmed that in fact Ilum uh, was the planet that the First Order turned into Star Killer Base. This information upset me greatly. I, <laughs> I I know if if you're a discerning listener of the podcast, uh, you know I have very complicated feelings about the sequel trilogy. Uh, particularly when it comes to Starkiller Base. But that revelation uh, that Starkiller Base was actually Ilum sort of floored me. Uh, I, I, I did not care for that bit of information. I, I want to secretly hope that at some point, uh, in, in, you know, after the fall of the Empire, Luke Skywalker went in, into the star charts and, and, and move, you know, moved the locations of a bunch of things around so that, the, uh, so that you know, no one could find these old Jedi sanctuaries and strongholds and, and, and things that were important to the Order. So, like, that's actually just some random snow planet and not Ilum. Uh, the thinking being that, you know, the First Order using, uh, like, Death Star-type technology to turn Star Killer Base into, into the weapon they did had to mine the Kyber Crystals. But again, I sort of go back to the time of the Empire, and I really don't think the Empire would have left a single drop of Kyber on Ilum for the First Order to have to use. But, you know, I, I am not Pablo Hidalgo. I don't work for Lucasfilm. I am not in charge of these things. So what I want is irrelevant. But uh, yes, apparently Starkiller Base was Ilum, and we know Ilum's ultimate fate is to be destroyed by Poe Dameron and the Resistance. Uh, and that makes me sad. <laughs> it really, really does. Because it was a wonderful uh, visual location. Uh, obviously, you had a great um, Jedi legacy, Jedi history involving the planet. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a real shame that that goes away. Uh, so yeah, I, I do secretly harbor some, some hope that maybe in some novel somewhere, they'll be like, oh yeah, and by the way, Luke Skywalker, he changed the location of a bunch of planets around so no one really knows where all these old Jedi art, art, you know, uh, artifacts might be laying around. Because that would make me so insanely happy. Because, you know, they haven't, this has really been in, in the comic books and in the old expanded universe, but the idea of Jedi archaeologists. Uh, in the old EU, it was Kyle Katarn's father who found the Valley of the Jedi and, and, and unleashed some dark side powers, you know, innocently enough. Uh, you know, in, in the new canon, uh, it, it's, it's Dr. Aphra's father who is, is sort of like this over-the-top, obsessed Jedi historian uh, who, who tries to, you know, find ancient uh, artifacts of the Jedi Order and stuff like that. Uh, I, I think it's a really fun concept, uh, but if, if we're, if we're going to keep destroying all these, like, sacred sites of the Jedi or, and of the Sith... 
just all willy nilly, but <laughs> you really don't get to explore too much of uh, of, the, of that fun history if we're just going to blow things up really quickly and really easily. But again, that's my sort of gripe. Uh, take from that what you will. But let's go ahead and get in the episode. My goodness, I've just been rambling on here. Let's go ahead and dive into the episode proper. This is the gathering. You know what time it is. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Hurry, younglings. You have proved to be the top of your class. And so now is the time of the gathering. For a Jedi, there is no greater challenge or honor. What is the gathering, Padawantano? Petro. Gnodi. Biff. Katuni. Zat. And Gunji. The time has come for you to build your own lightsabers. And you Be warned. This is no simple task, and many perils lie ahead of you. Where we are going, there is no place more sacred to the Jedi. It may be sacred to the Jedi, but as sure as heck ain't sacred to the Empire. Or the First Order, if that one counts. <laughs> so our, our, our younglings, under the care of Padawan Tenno, uh, hyperspace into Ilum, they reach the planet's surface into a crazy snowstorm, which again, if, if you've played Fallen Order, you're very familiar with. And, and that game incorporates a lot of the visuals uh, from this episode very, very well. So there's a, a lot of familiarity uh, for those of us who played the game when we see this planet going backwards. <laughs> or when we played at the time, you're like, hey, that looks like that planet from the cartoon. And you connect those dots. It's, it's a good time. Uh, but yeah, so they have to use the Force to access it. We get to go inside the temple, and Master Yoda awaits to impart some knowledge. Master Yoda. The Force, made physical, a Jedi is. Comes great responsibility with that, yes? Protect others. How does a Jedi, hmm? Build your own lightsaber, you shall. But first, harvest your crystal. Each one of you must. See, I told you. you. No, I told you. No, I told you. The heart of the lightsaber, the crystal is. Focuses the force from the Jedi, it does. Just a wonderful explanation of, of, of you know, the, the idea of a Jedi, right? Like to have the physical manifestation of the force. I really like that part. Yoda, Yoda dropped some really good ones in this episode. Uh, as he will, as he's instructing these these, these younglings. Uh, so what we see next is Yoda using the Force to turn some mirrors to harness the light to melt the the water the the, the ice shield to enter the cave. Again, something we've seen in the in the video game. That was a lot of a lot of fun to to watch Yoda do that. It's like, oh yeah, I got to do that in the game too. I had sort of forgotten about a lot of this stuff that happens in this episode and how much uh, inspiration the video game took. You know, sometimes directly. Uh, but let's go ahead and check it out as Yoda lays down the rules for entering the Crystal Cave and what the, what each youngling must do to find their crystal. If Jedi you are to become, enter the Crystal Cave. You must trust yourself, trust each other, and succeed. You will. Once you have found your crystal, do not remain inside. As daylight ends, the door will freeze over again, and you will be trapped. For how long? For one rotation. There will be nothing anyone can do for you. How will we know which crystal to pick? 
Only you can know which one is yours. So our, our younglings enter the crystal cave at this point, and this is where we begin to see a bit of their a bit more of each of their personalities begin to kind of show, and we get to sort of see what they've brought into this cave that they have to overcome, right? Like these these sort of uh, flaws, these sort of obstacles that they are going to be forced to confront head on, and and the first one we're going to get a real exposure to uh, is is Petro, who's going to show himself to be a, a bit cocky, a bit arrogant. Uh, and and you know a bit selfish, uh, but we also begin to see something from Zat, the the Nautilin, uh, as he, as he is uh, very addicted to his um, I don't know what you want to call it, whatever device it is he has. You know he's using that for information, and he uses that uh, he relies on that for a lot of things over his instincts, and that's one of the things he's going to have to overcome. So we kind of get to see that. But as Ahsoka told the younglings, you know if that ice if that uh, waterfall freezes back over again if the ice you know comes not it wasn't a waterfall <laughs> but if the ice seals back over the cave they're stuck in there for one rotation uh and and the um the idea of one night in in the crystal cave of Ilum is not that terrifying uh and until uh until zat uh, reveals exactly how long a rotation on Ilum is i don't see the big deal though i could easily last at night in here from my calculations, taking into the account the planetary movements in this system, um, the sun only rises on Ilum every 19 days. That's a very long night. Well, I don't know about you lot, but enough with the chatter. I'm going to be the first to get my crystal and get out of here. Petro, wait. Maybe we should stay together? No, thank you. You're on your own. <sighs> Come on. We need to keep moving. Not a very Jedi-like action from uh, from Petra on this one. It's in, uh, what I think is interesting to note with this episode uh, is again we're seeing younglings of, of species that we don't normally see a lot of younglings from. You know, we have a youngling Rodian, we have a youngling Ithorian, a youngling Nautilin, and and I think what kind of works <laughs> with us connecting to these these youngling versions of, of species we've seen as, as full adults is a. Uh, they're all kind of cute. <laughs> There's like a cute kid thing going on here with these with these younglings, uh, and uh, you know, and again, a Wookie. In uh, no matter what size they are, a Wookie's a Wookie, and I'll take a Wookie any day of the week. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is uh, again, this is that that stretch of the episode where we're going to figure out who these characters are, what their flaws are, and you know, I don't know how much of this this all lends to to the podcasting format because so much of this is them witnessing things and being visual. But uh, we'll, we're going to incorporate as many bits as we can for the show. But each, yeah, basically each character is going to have to go on their journey on their own. But there's sort of this this more grand purpose that they are still in this together. Like it's an individual task. It's an individual challenge. But being together, being um, watching out for each other, having each other's back is sort of a, 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 an element of the challenge as well. It's not team building necessarily. It's not team based. But you know, this is this is a a, um, a brother and sisterhood, right? If you're going to you know genderify it a little bit here, because I don't know the word for non-gender forming it, but you know, this is this is they they are a group, they are a family by and large, they are an extension of you know one Jedi is all Jedi, right? And 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 so while it may be individualistic for each one to to overcome their obstacle to get their crystal, they still need to be Jedi, act like Jedi, behave like Jedi, and have each other's back. Make sure each of them is going to make it out of that th that cave in one piece. Uh, and, and again, these are the things they have to overcome. And it, they do a really darn good job 
I think I think this episode really does a fine job of, of highlighting these things. So the younglings reach an impasse where they, they, they enter this little section of the ice caves that branch off into multiple different directions. And while initially they want to stay together, uh, they decide that splitting up is probably the right thing to do. So what they're going to do is they're going to close their eyes, kind of spin around, and whatever direction they point is the path they have to walk, right? It's, 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 it's that moment where you got to like, trust your instincts, like Obi-Wan's taught Luke, you know, follow the flow of the force, feel the force, let it guide you, all these good things. Uh, and it's not going to work out. Everyone in the group uh, gets, goes, goes in a direction with a buddy, right? Except for Biff. Now think about it. Biff possibly could have gone with somebody. It could have been 2-2-2 if Petro had not taken off on his own so early on into things. But now Biff, as, we, as we're going to find out in the sequence, uh, he is the fearful member of this party. And yeah, he's not looking forward to the idea of going on his own. But as, as his fellow classmates tell him, explain to him, he has to do this. He has to trust his instincts. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Biff. Looks like you're on your own. Biff, your instincts told you to go that way. You have to follow your instincts. You shouldn't be afraid of monsters, Biff. You're a Jedi. Well, Biff is definitely afraid of of monsters, and and, uh, they... Uh, this 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 path he has to walk looks terrifying to him, and he's not a fan of it. I want to mention Biff. I want to talk about Biff. I've I've always enjoyed Ithorians. Like that's something about them. Maybe that's just because it was like from the first time I saw one in the Cantina scene in A New Hope. Uh, the, they've always been visually interesting the way they talk, and and as we've kind of gotten to know them more as a species, whenever they pop up on things, there's always some little element that I really really enjoy. Um, you know, the Clone Wars did it first, and then they did it in Book of Boba Fett with like the little translator thing they wear. Uh, in this instance, for this youngling version of an Ithorian, I really like his like little scarf that he has, kind of like at the at the the L bend of his face, right? <laughs> like <laughs> the part that goes up to the part that goes down across his little mouth area. There's this little scarf around it, and I I don't know why I find it absolutely adorable. I also wanted to note that Zat is is wearing a a, a heavy uh, coat that is very reminiscent in my opinion, of, of Han Solo's coat from Empire Strikes Back. It kind of has like that similar uh, design element to it that I really enjoy quite a bit. So, yeah, our, our Jedi, or, excuse me, our, our younglings are breaking off, going their own way in their quest for the crystals. So we cut back to Petro, who seems to find his crystal pretty darn quickly and pretty darn easily, and he seems uh, pretty darn happy with himself. Next, we're going to check in with, with Zat and uh, Katuni, and we're going to start to sort of see how this process works a little bit more closely. Uh, just check out this conversation between Zat and Katuni. Something's flashing. I can't see anything. Why can't you see it? Maybe because it's your crystal. They said only we would know. You'll have to climb. But up there? It's... It's just so high. I can't do that. I believe in you. What if I get up there and there's nothing? Well, that's a risk you'll have to take. Hey, you're lucky. I haven't even seen anything resembling my crystal yet. Good luck. 
So Zat's going to move on. And now Katuni has to deal with the, with the self-doubt, the, the, the lack of confidence that she has in her own abilities to, to scale uh, this, this mountain within the ice caves uh, to, to get the crystal that seems to be hers, right? The one that seems to be calling to her. And, and again, this, these are the tests, right? These crystals uh, are, are, are having these would-be Jedi overcome obstacles, things that are, that are their doubts, their, their own issues, their own psychological things. Like these are not obstacles for the sake of being obstacles. Like this, this is a, a psychological sort of examination and, and confrontation with themselves. And that's sort of like the fun part of it, like the sort of self-examination that these younglings get to go on. And I dig that. And Zat's about to move off because he's got to go find his crystal. And Katuni has to get her, her get, uh, just start believing in herself the way Zat believes in her uh, so that she can scale this mountain within a mountain, within a cave. <laughs> Next, Gunji and Kenobi come across what might be Gunji's crystal. Uh, but it's out in the middle of this, this lake of freezing cold, icy water. And uh, Gunji's not... His, his issue is, is patience, right? Like He wants to go out there now and get it, and it's not going to work out the best for him. But let's, let, let's hear um, Gunji try to kind of like calm him down a bit here. Gunji, no. You'll never make it. You'll freeze to death if you fall in. You need to be patient. See how the sun is setting and moving away from the lake? Just like the door we came through, it's freezing over again. Once the water freezes over, you will have very little time to get your crystal and get out. Now, excuse me. I have a crystal to find, and I'm running out of time. Good luck, Gunji. So, so far, we've had, we've had these, these, these pairings, the two pairings. Uh, one Jedi, or one, excuse me, one youngling has been able to sort of decode <laughs> what's going on and what the other youngling needs to do to get the crystal. Uh, and then they leave and move on to find their crystal uh, and leave the, the other youngling to, again, overcome that obstacle that they must. In Gunji's case, it's, it's, it's learning patience, waiting, waiting for the opportune time and taking advantage of the moment when it presents itself. Again, very Jedi-like things. Um, <laughs> for the other two, again, you know, we're going to get to know each of their problems here. Um, and, you know, hey, let's just move on. So we check in on Biff next. And, and Biff, again, he's on his own. The, the cave that he's following, that he's going down, the tunnel that he's going down is terrifying. He's, he's, he's very, very scared of everything. Uh, and where he thinks he sees his crystal looks like it's in the mouth, the gaping maw of some beast. Uh, and and he is literally shaking in his his boots, and and uh, unable to do anything because of his fear. Uh, next, we catch up with with uh, with Gennady and and we we begin to see her uh, issues with things, and and let let's kind of hear her lash out at at nothing, <laughs> essentially the force maybe, but again, she's expressing her frustration. She's vocalizing it. She's putting words to her frustration here. This whole thing is ridiculous. I don't even think there are any crystals. You hear me? You just have us walking in circles until we freeze to death. I'm never gonna find a crystal. Never!
All right, so what's happened there? She's fallen into a chamber uh, that's filled with what appears to be nothing but crystals. And they're all sparkling and they're all glowing. So now she's forced with this, with this moment of indecision. Like, what do I do now? Now, from nothing to everything, and I don't know how to, to kind of quantify that, how to move forward. I'm now paralyzed by indecision. Uh, let's cut back here. We're going to go check in uh, at the at the opening, right, with Ahsoka and Yoda. And I think this is when Petro shows back up again. Looks like I'm the first back with my crystal. <laughs> that wasn't so hard. And the others? Who knows? I didn't want to gloat since I found mine so quickly. Show us. A crystal you have found. Water you have brought. <laughs> but that's impossible. It was my crystal. I was sure of it. Hmm. So certain were you. Go back. And closer you must look. But the door is already half closed. Then you better hurry. So, yeah, that's... It, it's really funny the 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 overconfidence, the um, arrogance of of Petro when the when the when he releases his crystal just melts in his hand and Yoda kind of scoffs at him. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. And and Yoda's reaction uh, to 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 Petro's response for why he didn't didn't, didn't wait for the others or anything. Uh, it's sort of like this this very Yoda kind of scowl. It's almost an eye roll. I loved it. It's so good. <laughs> Let's go ahead and catch up with another youngling on their quest. So each of the younglings of it, we're not going to check in back in a minute. Just yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of summarize what's going on. Right now, they're kind of at like the low point, most of them. Uh, uh, Ganodi struggling with the indecision. Zat frustrated that his tech isn't helping him to locate the crystal. So he smashes it against the nice wall in frustration. Uh, Gunji, again, he, he, he's fighting every urge in his body that tells him to rush out there to try and get that crystal so that he can get... Uh, and return to the to the mouth of the cave before it freezes over. Uh, Biff again, he's he's inching closer to his crystal, but that the, what he believes to be some kind of cave monster is just getting more terrifying. As like these red lights are are illuminating it, it seems to have like fire coming out of its mouth. It's it's got a whole thing going on. It's it's Biff is terrified of it. Uh, but Katuni, despite the obstacles, you know, just kind of plunges ahead. Uh, you know, one foot in front of the other, you know, climbs the, uh, you know, mountainish <laughs> grade of, of of incline, whatever you want to call it. I, can you, is there a mountain within a cave? I don't know, but that's what it seems like it's going. They're doing right. It's it's uh, at some kind of peak. Let's put it that way. Uh, so she's climbing this little peak, right? And and I shouldn't say little. It's pretty big. And and she's learning to trust herself. She's be- learning to believe in herself. And again, she's not rushing. She's taking her time, one foot in front of the other, hand over hand, up and up, until eventually she gets there, gets to the right place, and finds and retrieves the crystal that had called to her. The next Jedi to recover their crystal, or I'm sorry, the next Padawan, oh boy, the next youngling to recover their crystal is in fact Biff, who, again, over overcoming his fear, slowly, methodically inching closer and closer to the crystal to what he perceives to be a great beast within the cave uh, until he finally reaches his hand into the maw and plucks the crystal out. And as soon as he does, 
all the lights, all the, the effects go away. And as Biff steps back with his crystal in his hand, he realizes that it was all in his mind, that it, it was just an, an elaborate rock formation that, that his mind allowed, that he, he allowed his mind to play tricks on him uh, and to think it was something far more uh, horrific and monstrous than the pile of rocks that it actually was. So now, Katuni, uh, Biff have their crystals. Who's next in this journey? It'll be Ganodi, and Ganodi is in, she's in a bit of despair at the moment, but let's see how she resolves this. <laughs> I, I'm not afraid. I can do this. I'm a Jedi. I'm one with the Force, and the Force will guide me. And for Gennady, again, her, trusting her instincts, letting the Force do its thing, work through her to find the crystal. And she pulls it towards herself, pulls it right out, 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 of, the, out of the ice wall. Uh, and as she does that, the other lights, the other assuming uh, presum presumptive crystals in the cave all go dim, right? Because this was the test. This was her obstacle to overcome, and she's done just that. So, yeah, really, they're, they're just doing these things very subtly but very elegantly and I, I completely respect the way they've told they're telling this tale meanwhile petro's panicking now running around the caves looking for something to 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 call to him and and he is he's in a, a legitimate panic at this point but zat will now be the one to realize what's going on with him come on zat you're gonna have to trust yourself instead of relying on technology. Quick pause right here. If you look at the crack in the ice wall that's behind Zat at this particular moment, the one he, the, the the crack that he made from smashing his device into it, whether it's an accident or not, I don't know. But the shape of the crack in the ice wall uh, looks a lot like the Star Trek Federation insignia. I have no idea if this is by on purpose or not, or just some kind of random coincidence, but uh, take a look and see if you see the Federation logo in there. Or, I shouldn't say the Federation, but the Starfleet logo. Thank you. You can do it. I can feel it. It's close. I can sense it. I can sense it. Must be it. So now Zat's going to have to use his tech to get through this ice wall that he's cracked, that the crystal seems to be calling him from. And, and, and so he gets to use his tech, but not quite in the way I think he envisioned using his tech to find his crystal. Next, it's Gunji's time. The ice lake finally freezes, it solidifies, and he makes his way a little haphazardly as he slips and slides his way to where the crystal waits for him. Uh, but he's able to recover it. And the, 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 the smile of a Wookiee warms my heart any day of the week. That is a fact. Uh, but Katuni's about to find herself in a bit of a predicament here. And let's just see what, how that's going to shake out. 
So Katuni's fallen into a, a bit of a chamber that she can't get out of. There's a thick ice wall between her and, and, and Freedom, uh, but she seems to be unable to do anything about it on her own. Meanwhile, Gunji has returned. We find the other younglings have returned. They're all there with their crystals. But Ahsoka tells Gunji the two remain, and that, that ice is reforming. It's almost there. It's pretty quick. Uh, meanwhile, now Petro is running around, panicking, panicking, panicking. He can't find it. He's going in circles. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, but he hears his name. Katuni's calling out to him. And, ooh, this scene. Woo! Let's check it out. Katuni? Petro! I'm trapped! Can you help me get out? I... I can't. I, I still haven't found my crystal. Petro! You can't leave me! I... I have to go. Petro, go! Petro! Petro! And then you flash to Yoda. <laughs> and sort of like this look on his face that he sort of knows what's going on in the cave. He's sort of aware of everything that's happening, right? And it's this, this mix of consternation and disappointment. And uh, it's, it's really awesome. Let's, 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 let's listen to this, the scene as, as um, the, the, rest, the other younglings are kind of inquiring of Yoda. Like, are they going to be okay? Are they going to make it out? Is, are they going to be safe? Will they make it, Master? We should help them. Left the cave you have. Help them. You will not. So there's sort of a bit, a bit of a Jedi trick in this, right? Because, you know, once you get the crystal, you're supposed to leave the cave, right? But if they had stayed in the cave, would they have been able to help their friends that way? And, and you know, because, again, there is sort of a, there's sort of a, a I don't want to, I don't want to call it a team building sort of exercise in this. Um, but remember the behavior of Petro and, and Yoda's, sort of disappointment in, in the selfishness of, of his actions. Um, but again, that's that's probably because he knows what Tess Petro has to overcome. So there's there's a bit of a thing here, but it, it is sort of interesting to note if, like perhaps if Gunji had stayed at the mouth of the cave and not actually left it, could he have gone back in and aided his friends? Or would that have gotten him in trouble with Master Yoda for, for aiding uh, the others? It, it, it's an interesting philosophical debate to kind of get into. So this is the section of the episode where we really get like the sort of like the ticking clock elements of it kind of come into play. We're watching the ice wall reform very very quickly. Not a lot of room, not a lot of clearance for for the the last two younglings to to make their way back out again. Uh, Katuni, just desperate to get out of there, is is now just in a, in a bad place. She's she's on the ground. She's crying. She feels like all hope has lost her, has left her. And uh, for for Petro, he's again panicking, still trying to find his crystal, trying to, to succeed to, again, in his mind, kind of win. He's already lost by being not being the first, but he can't fail is what he's trying to avoid. And he has to realize that that, that failure is, is a learning opportunity and that helping someone else is, is far more important. And then that's the realization that he's beginning to come to here when he, when he reaches these moments. <laughs> Katuni! Petro? Petro! There's no time. Put your hand on the ice. Together we can break it. I knew you 
back. Come on, the doors are closing. Petro? Go ahead. I think I see something. But it's too late! Trust me. Go! So by helping Katuni, now Petro's crystal reveals itself in the, in the rubble in the aftermath of, of, the, of the shattering of the ice wall. And let's go ahead and just play these, these moments here. The dramatic tension as the ice doors closing, reforming, and the two younglings still remain. So Katuni with the sweet Indiana Jones style slide under the door. But what will happen to Petro? I have my crystal, but Petro is still inside. Give up on your friend. Do not. made solid was the door easy to break if you have the will <clears throat> you you said we would be trapped not by the cave you were but by your mind less yeah here we go this is where yoda's gonna lay it all out for these younglings and i love it since you have learned find courage you did hope patience trust Confidence and selflessness. Yes? Take your crystals back to the temple and keep them safe, young Jedi. And again, it'd be a perfect bottle episode, except there's so much more. As we have to spend some time with some younglings, kind of see a day in the life of a Jedi youngling. Uh, well, not maybe, maybe not a day in the life, but well, these are, are far from. This is far from the only episode we spend with them, and and, and adventures ensue. And I, I I am really just easily delighted by this episode. It's an easy watch. It's a fun watch. It has sort of like the Jedi pragmatism to it, uh, a little bit of their philosophical bends, uh, bends, um, and and I I just love it. I I love the idea of these these young Padawans, young excuse me, young younglings. My goodness. These younglings overcoming uh, their psychological issues, right? Like courage and fear. Well, courage and fear. Good Lord, Tom. You know, Yoda just laid it out. I don't need to reiterate what it is. But I really, I, I liked it. I like them having to confront these things head on uh, as opposed to, uh, um, well, we talked about at the beginning. But, yeah, you don't, you, don't, you don't want your fears to continue to build up. You don't want these psychological things to plague you into adulthood. You confront them early. You deal with them early. And you learn how to, how to cope, how to overcome. Uh, and it, it, I think it sends a really strong message to young people. So I, I, I love this episode very, very much. Uh, it's, 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 it's not in the thick of the Clone Wars. It's not an overarching piece of Jedi mythology. Uh, in, in the sense of, of Jedi versus Sith or any of that stuff. It's just a really good Star Wars story with, with a, an emphasis on, on the younglings for once. Uh, younglings that maybe Anakin Skywalker cuts down in a few months, few months' time. Who knows? Woof. There's something to consider, right? How many of these younglings meet their end 
at at uh, at Anakin's blade <laughs> during Order sixty six. There's a fun idea. There's a fun thought. Let's. Oh boy. <laughs> but we may we may learn more of their fates down the road. But let's see where we end up at the end of this arc. Okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves too much. I mean, we know Gunji's coming back. That's good news. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. This one went on a little bit longer than I thought it would. I'll be honest with you all. I thought for sure this would be a quick, easy one. But no, no, no. I, I rambled on about uh, these younglings and, and Elam for far too long at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, but let's go ahead, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and thank the official Man Division Maniacs that you can join up with if you'd like over at patreon.com forward slash Man Division. You can join the Maniacs and gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content like our Stranger Things shows that are now available to check out if you're a big fan of Stranger Things Season 4. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail. Jeff is the co-host on The Ringing Year, a music podcast that I wish would come out more frequently. Thanks to the Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pride Brewing Company here in San Diego and Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, the Silent Assassin, he who should not be named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's Still Good. What a guy he is. Love that fella. He's the best. Go check out Come On, It's So Good. They're, they uh, they just did some Kenobi stuff, too, so check out their thoughts on that show. All right, I think that does it. Uh, another reminder to follow us on social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Please, please, please engage with me on there. I have a lot of fun when I'm chatting with people on there. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, and following the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. And remember, if you want to support the show without having to sign up for Patreon, just five-star reviews, so much help. We truly, truly appreciate everybody who takes the time to write a sweet, sweet, sweet five-star review. They help the independent shows like us stand out and not get lost in the ether of, the, of, of, of a black hole. Is there an ether in a black hole? I guess it's just kind of nothing, right? It's just the absence of everything. Anywho, let's get out of here. Oh, by the way, shoot, I didn't even do it. Uh, eight, I, I, I'm doing eight buckets on this one. I, I, I could be persuaded for eight and a half because I really do enjoy it. But I'm going to give it eight buckets. It's just really, really solid Star Wars stuff. And check it out. All right, let's get out of here. Let's wrap this up. We'll be back very, very soon with another episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch Shows. Or, or maybe something in between. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in the news. Maybe Comic-Con will have some Star Wars news that we can share. Maybe there'll be a new Andor trailer pretty soon. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, let's do it. This podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. <laughs>